Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe and the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. And here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. And uh, we are handling right now the book of Matthew. And uh, I want us to continue with our study of the book of Matthew. We looked at chapter 10 last time when we left off. And I just want us to continue from there. We're moving to verse 16 of chapter 10. And it says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. And uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, of course, here. And he's telling them that he is sending them out. But their conditions or their places is telling them that they are being sent to. Yeah, And he says, I, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Now, first of all, you need to understand the people that he's talking to. These are his disciples. These are his followers. These are people who believe in him. These are people who've worked with him for a while. He picked them from the fishing points. He picked them from the streets. He chose them to be his apostles. He chose them to be the people that he will walk with, the people that he will uh, minister with. And these are the ones he's telling right now. And he's saying, you be, I send you out as sheep. Of course, knowing the characteristics or the nature of sheep and uh, what it's made about, there's that calmness about it. Yeah, there's that uh, gentleness about sheep. And that is what he's telling them, that he sends out gentle people. He's sending out calm people. He's not sending out people who are going to get out there and provoke everybody. No, if you're his disciple, then there are some things that you need to know that you have with you as God sends you out. He, the humility, the gentleness that comes with the sheep uh, is what he regards here. And he says, I send you out as sheep. But where is he sending the sheep? Where is he sending the gentle person? Where is he sending the humble person, the kind, the one that has that nature, just like the one of a sheep, which he considered his disciples to be? That is you and me. He's sending us in the midst of wolves. Now, for the nature of wolves, we need to understand it. Wolves are skilled hunters. Yeah, They will go out and get their prey with ease. So they are skilled hunters. They will use speed. They will use strength. They will have the intelligence required because to be a skilled hunter, of course, the intelligence has to come along with it. And that is what the wolves are made of in their nature. So when it comes to catching prey, they will have the speed, they will have the strength, they will have the intelligence, they will catch their prey. 
That is where Jesus is saying, I send you out in the midst of people who are quick, who are strong, who might be intelligent, and they do that to catch prey, to lead others astray, to get things their way. And that is where he is sending you out. Yeah? And, of course, we know that if you use the words that Jesus is using here, the sheep and the wolves, it's good to understand that this is the character of sheep, this is the character of wolves. So, how do we fit in in all this that is being talked about here? So, Jesus is sending out his disciples. He's sending you and me out. And he's sending you in the midst of wolves. He's sending you in, in man-eaters, if I use that. He's sending you to places that are dangerous to tread. Not every animal shall go and just tread in the area of wolves because that is trouble for them. And that is where Christ sends you out. But he tells them, be as shrewd as serpents. We have a lot of discussion when it comes to that statement. That what does he mean when he says we should be shrewd as serpents? Yeah, And he says you should be innocent as doves. What does he mean when he says we should be innocent as doves? Now, the idea that's behind the phrase of being shrewd as serpents, snakes as they are, are known, of course, to be clever. Now I'm talking about character. They are known with their ability to adapt to surroundings. They are known for their stealth. They are known for such uh, identity. And now being shrewd as a serpent, as a person, this is what it might imply. That you need to learn to navigate some difficult situations. Things that are tricky. That's what's next to. They will navigate. They will find their way out of trouble. That is what he's saying. That now you be shrewd as a serpent. They will be able to overcome challenges by using that intelligence and strategic thinking and speed and whatever it is in the given circumstance. Shrewd as serpents. Now, as he's sending you out, you need to know that you've got to be able to get out of difficult situations. You need to be able to have the sharpness. Be clever. How do you go through the circumstances in the midst of wolves, in the midst of ministry where things are tough, in the midst of spaces where it's hard for you to preach. And you go to a place, and as you're preaching, there's somebody who is abusing you. As you're preaching, there's somebody who's throwing words at you. There's somebody who's answering back at every word you say and say that is not right. You are liars. You do this and this. Who are you to tell us? Be shrewd. Learn. Be clever. Be strategic in how you think, in how you respond, be clever. And he goes on. Of course, there, there are some people who can take this uh, in a wrong direction and they understand it in a different way. It does not in any way mean that you should be deceitful or have malicious behavior like serpents might be known for. When God is, when Christ here is giving reference, he does not pick on the bad characteristic of the serpent that's the one you pick lessons from. No, we pick from the positive end of it 
Yeah, so it's not about malicious behavior that as you go out in the midst of wolves, be malicious. Yeah, as you go out in the midst of, of wolves, be deceitful because that's what happens. Maybe don't for no, that's not what it implies, but the, the ability to come out of tough situations, the ability to be sharp, to do as you preach, as you're out on the street and you're preaching and somebody brings out opposition, how do you respond? That is where it does come in. And it says here in his word that you be shrewd as serpents. Yeah? You should be wise. You should be resourceful. You should be able to overcome any obstacle to achieve the goal. What is the goal? To preach the king, the word of the kingdom. What is the goal? To go out into the world and win souls. Yeah? So be sharp. Be clever. Set strategy. Have strategy. Think well. Yeah? On how you are going to do that. So, being sure that's happened is you have a sharp mind. Yeah? You're quick-witted. You're able to discern. You need to know what's going on in a situation. And uh, this is just you being able to even read people's intentions. What does this person want to do? What do they want uh, to portray? You understand what is the motivation behind it. What do you anticipate to come? That is what it means to be shrewd. Yeah, you anticipate things. You you understand. You know how things are going to work. And uh, of course, as we do all that, like I said, be careful. It doesn't imply that you're a deceitful person. Yeah, because you're saying he's telling us to be should as serpents, and we know the negative side of it being deceit. Then we take on deceit. No, we don't take on deceit. We take on the positive. The word of God is always on the positive. The word of God does not come to tell you to do evil or to do wrong. No, it's always direct in the line of positivity. Now, innocent as doves. That is a pure heart. You need to have a pure heart. That's what it implies. Be innocent as doves. Have a pure heart. Yeah, be sincere. Act with kindness. Act with compassion towards other people. Yeah, because that's the character of the dove that we are known for. And he's saying, you will be, you're going to be honest, you're going to be transparent in your dealings with people, in the things you do with people, in the words you say. You have got to be honest. You have got to be transparent. You're not going to engage in behavior that causes harm or leads to conflict. He sends you out as sheep. You're the gentle one. However much you may be shrewd at times, you need to learn that you have got to maintain the fact that you're going to be innocent. Innocence. Very important. Keeping peace. Having compassion. Engaging in things that benefit, not those that cause harm to others. So when he says, I send you out into the world, he says, I'm sending you out not to harm others. I'm sending you out not to be the person that leads conflict. You're the one who always comes up with all the trouble at work. You're the one who leads the group that is going to strike all the time. He says, get out there and be innocent as a dove. Yeah, Have peace. Have a pure heart. Let people look at us even in the midst of wolves. There they need to see you and they know that this is a Christian. They need to see you and know that this is a believer. They've got to see you and know that this is a child of God. That is a mandate given to us by Christ here where it says you go out and be innocent as doves. However much we are in a society where things are wrong, however much we are in a society where it appears like there is conflict at every angle, it is important for me to know 
that I have got to stand for Christ. And if I'm about to stand for Christ in the midst of all things, it will not influence me. I will not be influenced. I will not be influenced by others to change. I will not be influenced to become like the rest. I'll be the best that I can be. I will do the best that I can do. I'll give the best. The world is not going to let me conform to its standards. The world is not going to let me do as they do. No, I'll do as Christ says I do. I'll do that which Christ says I do. I'll walk with him. I'll stand with him. I'll have purity with me. Even when the rest of the world is lying, I'll keep truth. It's hard. But keep the truth. I always tell people that what will happen if you say the truth? If you say the exact location you are and somebody calls us, it's where you have waited for you for long. You speak the truth. Tell them exactly where you are instead of lying. Because you might lie and you end up in more trouble. You say, I'm, I'm, I'm just close here, I'm a minute away, yet you're an hour away. Speak the truth and say, I'm an hour away. Because either way, wh- what will they do to you? Will they beat you up because you've spoken the truth? No. Speak the truth. Have that pure heart, that which is the character of a dove. So, in general, the phrase here that be innocent as doves is a call to maintain a sense of purity It's a call to maintain a sense of integrity in the actions, in the interactions that we have with others. And it it just encourages us that act with kindness and have compassion and avoid engaging in things that are deceitful, behavior that is deceitful or harmful, and you always strive to do what is right. Now, Jesus here is telling his disciples, go out there. I've sent you in a troubled place. I've sent you in a place where there is trouble, a place where there is conflict, a place where all attacks and everything is. But for you, for your case, I send you out to be as shrewd as serpents, as innocent as doves. Go and do the right thing. That's what Jesus tells us. That's what he tells you and me, that we go out and do the right thing. And we do the things that honor him. And you do the things that give glory to God. That's the mandate that I have as a Christian. And every day when I walk out of my house and I go out there, that's the intention. When we get out of our houses or our homes and we get out to our workplaces, that's the goal. That people see you as a disciple of Christ, one who he has sent. We have not been sent to go to places where things are going to be peaceful all the time. We have not been sent, if, if, if it was going to be a place that you, you know you, you've been sent out to only the sheep, where there is peace, where they're all as gentle as doves. That's not the case. He sends you to wolves. He sends us in troubled places. Our Christianity is tested in the tough places. Our Christianity is tested among wolves because they don't spare. They will grab you. They want to rip you apart. And that's where your Christianity is going to be tested. You're not going to be tested among sheep. You're going to be tested among wolves. He's not sending the sheep to go out to the fellow herd of sheep. No, he sends it out to the wolves. Jesus sends us out today, out there, in the midst of trouble. But this is the beauty. He's with you. And he says, verse 17, But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. Of course, Jesus experiences this himself. 
And if he's going to experience it, he's quite sure that his disciples too will experience that. Because if he is causing conflict among the Pharisees, the ones who are leading the synagogues, is causing conflict among the, the leaders and the teachers of the law, you should expect that this is going to come and affect those who follow him as well. And he tells them, expect trouble. They will take you through uh, troubled situations. They will take you through the courts of law. They will take you in the synagogues. The synagogues, of course, are their places of worship. These are the places of worship, the places of study uh, and community where they would gather uh, their gatherings or assemblies. That's what synagogues were known. And their centers of Jewish life and practice. Jews would come together. They would pray from there. They would study from there. They would celebrate Jewish holidays from there and traditions that they have as Jews from there. So it just uh, typically contains of that uh, place where they will come and worship and uh, have fellowship with God. And uh, this is where he tells them, be ready. In that place of worship, you're going to find opposition. In that place of worship, they are going to attack you. In that place of worship, you may find things that you're not ready for, but be ready because if I have experienced it, you might experience it as well. And Jesus is telling his disciples here that you will be taken. You will be carried and taken over to the courts of law. They will hand you over to the courts of law. They will take you through all that, but be ready. So, Jesus here is not promising roses for his disciples, no. He's promising them that you're going to go through trouble, you're going to have conflict, you'll see they're going to take you through courts of law, they'll take you through synagogues, even in your places of worship where you expected that things are peaceful. You know, sometimes we think, oh, the churches are always peaceful places. Well, it's not the case. In the synagogues here is where Christ is promising his disciples to be afflicted. So it may not necessarily imply that places of worship are going to be places of peace. Sometimes the, you, with your innocence, you will be afflicted even in places of worship. And Jesus tells, him, tells them there, be ready for that. And it won't even stop there. He says, you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. You will be brought before governors and kings. They will take you before the people that are in charge, the leaders of communities, the leaders of nations, and they will take you and they will accuse you of things you've done and things you've not done. So be ready for that. But it says, but when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Jesus is telling them that when they hand you over, you don't have to prepare so much of the things you're going to say in your defense. It will be given to you, the spirit of God. It will come to you and you'll be able to speak that which comes from the spirit of God. When they take you, this context, by the way, is applying to people who are going to be taken in persecution or people who are going to be uh, taken or accused before the leaders and he's telling them, 
you don't have to have a lawyer. No. I've got a lawyer for you, the Holy Spirit. He will speak for you. He will come out and speak for you. He will talk about the, he will talk in your defense. So have confidence. Yeah, do not worry. In that hour, the Spirit of God will speak through you. Now, that takes uh, a lot in discussion and uh, in interpretation. Because sometimes we say that this might imply if I'm going to minister, then I don't have to prepare. Because when I get there, where I'm going to minister from, the Holy Spirit will give me what to say. True. That can be. That happens. We actually see that happen oftentimes. But also, it's very key for you to know that you've got to be ready. The Holy Spirit also would love to work with order. Yeah? So, in this context where they're telling them, do not worry. This is when they've been arrested. I want us to always keep context of Scripture. However, we need to know that it does apply. There are days where you go and you've not prepared. And they call you out to preach or to minister or to speak to people and you've not prepared. And the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. Because it's not about us. This gospel we preach is not about us. <laughs> this gospel we preach is not about how much performance we've given. That I have to be there focused that I'm going to do this on my own so it's going to be good performance. No, it's by the Spirit of God that we get out and speak. And when you surrender to God, when you surrender everything to Him and say, let me work for you today. Use me as your vessel. Then he will come. Because you've surrendered yourself. you surrendered your power. you surrendered everything about you. All the greatness you think that you carry, you've surrendered and put it aside and focused on God. So for that matter, he will come out for your sake. And for your sake, he will get out and let things be done. And let people receive your ministry. And let people be healed. Because we, for God to appear, we need to disappear. It's not just about us. It's not about how much English you've spoken that day. No. It's about how much the Spirit has come and manifested himself in your midst. So he tells them, when they call you, don't worry. I'll give you what to speak. And I want to tell somebody today as well. They might have called you to minister to people today. And you don't know what to say. The Spirit of the Lord is there. He will guide you. You're doing his business. We are doing the business of, this, of the kingdom of God. And when we are doing the kingdom business, it means kingdom principles will apply. It means that God will take care of that for if we are willing and we provide ourselves and we give uh, our presence to the ministry. He will indeed come out and he will help us. And he says in verse 21, brother will betray brother to death. Hmm? And father will betray child to death. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. This is not news. You've seen it happen. Persecution in families because of those who accepted Christ. And they said, do not come back here. If you've decided to accept Christ, you're not part of our family anymore. In our family, we are staunch Catholics. In our family, we are staunch Muslims. You don't accept Christ here. And you don't bring your Pentecostal culture here. You don't bring that faith here. We don't believe in this in a family. Yet you know there is a turn that you want to follow the word of God. And you make that decision. And you start to follow the word of God. You start to do the things that some of the family members don't do. Or don't believe in, but are in the word. You start to act different from them. 
when there is a party you you will sit in a corner and say i will not drink that i will not eat that i will not participate in that activity because i'm a child of god and as per the word of god i'm supposed to live in such a life because the life of a christian is a life of demand and it is demand for things of god and then when you get into the things of god that are demanded of you you end up in a zone that is unacceptable to others. They start to say, this person is not like us. And then, that is where the ultimatums come. If you want to remain a member of our family, you need to act as we do. You need to stay in this religion. The one of your forefathers. He says, they will betray you. Your father will betray you. Your mother will betray you. They will rise up against you and puts it to the point of death. They can even kill for that. That in this family, you do not leave the faith that we've set for years. So you deserve death. It can happen. It has been promised here. Jesus tells his disciples, expect it. It can come to pass. It can happen. And he says, you will be hated by all because of my name. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. We are not out there to be loved by people. We're not out there to please people. We're not out there to be part of the gang and of the crowd that everyone is going to love you because you're doing like they don't know. You'll be hated by men because of my name. Jesus promises us that, that you'll enter your workplace and people do not like you because you're a Christian. It's been promised, not news. You'll be in your community and you'll be hated because you're Christians. It is, it's not news. Christ has told us, and he adds and says, it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. It's not the partial Christian. It's not the one who chose moments to believe. And others, he said, uh, being lukewarm. It is the one who endures to the end. What is the end? At the end of your life. If you stood, then you're the one who's going to be saved. It's not about the salvation prayer. Sorry to hurt you with that. You said it years ago, and then after that you turned into a different life, a life of the world, if not endured to the end. Enduring to the end means I'll walk with God every day till I die. I'll stand for God every day till I die. I'll do the things of God every day till I die. Then I'll be saved. It's not about the prayer that I speak on that day when I walked in front and I go to the altar and I say those words. If I say those words and went back, walked an evil life, I will not be saved. It is the one who endures to the end. And when he says endure, he knows it's not easy. When he says endure, he knows I'm giving you a tough task. But if you endure to the end, then you'll be saved. If you stand to the end, then you'll be saved. But whenever they persecute you in one city, <laughs> don't stay there. Don't say and sit and say they are persecuting me. I'm, I've been called here to be persecuted. He says, flee to the next city. For truly I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. He says, there is still so much gospel to preach. There is still so many places for you to go out and minister. So, do not be stuck in one place like everything rotates there. If they persecute you, move to the next city. You've done your job. If they chose not to accept, you have done your job. So, if they persecute you in one city, 
move to the other. God has picked us for his work and for his ministry. And for that purpose, we need to be sure that he's with us. But also, through what we read today, it's evidence that things are not going to be easy. But however much it's hard, God still has interest in us and is concerned. And we just need to endure to the end and we shall be saved. And we shall preach the gospel of God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for helping us stand for you. And we pray that you bless us and prosper us in all things. We exhort you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, bibleindepth.com.